0: Welcome to 20 fucking something a podcast where we talk about everything we've experienced in our 20s now sit back and relax and listen to this week's episode Welcome back to another episode of 20 fucking something. I had the sniffles because I have really bad allergies at nighttime and it's currently 8 o'clock while I am recording this so I apologize in advance As you could tell by the title today we are going to talk about basically coming into ourselves and, like, being comfortable with who we are, um, I, this is a topic that I really wanted to touch on in the first few episodes, because I definitely, I'm still, like, experiencing different things and exploring who I am, but at the same time, I felt like once I left my hometown, which is the main point of this podcast episode, when I left my hometown, that's when I realized who I really was. Um, to give you a little backstory on myself and my hometown, um, I am a Mexican-American queer woman. My father immigrated from the beautiful land of Mexico when he was in his teens, and my mom was born and raised in North Carolina, so I am half Mexican, half white. Um, and I grew up in Goldsboro, North Carolina, which is a very conservative red town and honestly doesn't really have much going for it other than the vast amount of fast food places that we have, but very little diversity, majority white, um, just stuff like that. When I applied for colleges, it wasn't really in my head, the diversity part, because growing up in Goldsboro, I knew that it was small. And when you live in a place, you don't really think that there's a world outside of that place. So I wasn't really looking to like try to get into diversity or get into more accepting places. I was just looking to get out. Um, I, I applied to where my sister went to college, which was in Greensboro, North Carolina, and I was definitely hit with culture shock. Now, um, the culture shock that I was hit with was a lot of diversity. Um, I saw blacks, I saw Hispanics, I saw white people, I saw I just saw Asian people. I saw people, and it was amazing to me that they were like out and about and everything. Because in Goldsboro, you never really see a mix of people in one area. Normally, it was like the can shop on Sundays and the whites didn't shop on Sundays, and it it. It was a weird town to live in and grow up in, but seeing that really opened my eyes. So, like I said, my father um, is a Mexican, so growing up I would often get asked the question of, why is your dad brown? Um, I never really knew how to answer that question, I'm just like, I don't know the same reason why your dad's white. but. It was hard for children to like grasp the concept of mixed parents, especially when it is a majority white town and they often marry within their race. Um, interracial marriages, even though I've met a lot of mixed people now who are born around the same time as me, there were very few in Goldsboro. So it was kind of a topic that not a lot of people were familiar with and So I never really knew how to answer that. I was just like, I don't know, my dad's brown. That's just who he is. Um, I'm half brown, so go me. Um, But I recognize that I'm privileged and I'm white passing. So often the topic of my race never really comes up until someone sees my dad. And they're like, wait a second, hold up. Is that actually your dad? Um, Yeah, it's... That was... Definitely one of the first times I was ever introduced to my race and introduced to an issue, I guess. I love being mixed race. However, that was a very awakening moment to me to be exposed to that in my childhood as to be asked, like, why is your dad brown? Why is that a question that's even asked? Like, it didn't really make much sense to me then. And it sucks that that was the way that I was introduced into coming into myself and coming into my race, but it was. Sorry, I had to take a little sniffle break. But yeah, that was basically how I became comfortable with my race and answering the question, my dad's brown because your dad is white, because my parents got married and have me. Why is it so difficult to understand? With everything being majority white, I often wasn't really accepted by the Hispanic people because i didn't speak spanish and i wasn't accepted by the white people because i was very proud about being hispanic and as a mixed kid i still don't know exactly how to act um because i don't know spanish i've gone to mexico a few times i i'm i could probably pick up spanish really quick but i'm not fluent and i feel like in some way i'm failing my father or my hispanic roots because i don't speak spanish but that doesn't make me any less of a Hispanic, I don't think. So I still proudly say like, oh, I'm Mexican-American. Oh, my dad. Yeah, he immigrated here um, and everything like that. But sometimes it is hard because as a Mexican, I never really understood my identity because I want to be proud to be white and to be Mexican. But at the same time, Do I actually go through the links that I need to be to be identified as a Mexican or a white person? And at the end of the day, it was definitely a struggle for me to realize that I don't need to jump through hoops to prove that I'm something that is in my blood, in my skin. Like my parents had me, they're my parents. So like, I don't need to prove that to anyone. And that was me coming to terms with my identity and my race. And I think... When I started recognizing that and stopped asking for people's approvals or asking for the approvals of the Hispanic groups or the approval of the white people, like, that's when I actually started coming to terms with who I was. Now I'm going to move on to the topic of me being a queer woman. So coming to terms with that was really hard because there wasn't a lot of queer people in Goldsboro when i came to college is when i realized like hey this might actually be me i never really came that na- came out when i was in school i was very quiet about the idea of being um, gay i was a proud ally even though i knew that i wasn't an ally i was just very much closeted my best friend was actually gay, gay sorry my best friend was gay, and the way that she was so confident made me realize that, hey, maybe I could do this, but I was still very scared, and I didn't really want to come out. I remember when Congress actually passed same-sex marriage, I posted on my Insta story, and I was like, maybe this could be, like, my coming out. Um, and... I posted hashtag we did it along with a picture of like you know the like the White House being like lit up and everything and someone slid up to my story and they're like hey we and I was like oh like we as in America I was still kind of in denial I was really excited about that monumental moment but I couldn't tell if I was excited because like hey like this is history, this is awesome, like, we're living in this time right now, or, hey, now I can marry a woman if I wanted to, and it wasn't until a few years later when I was actually dating a male that I came out to him, and I was like, hey, I'm actually, like, attracted to women as well, and I think I'm coming to terms with my sexuality, like, is that okay with you, and he was very accepting about the idea of dating somebody who likes women as well because a lot of men are very fragile about that topic and they don't they don't really like it um but i was once again shut down because he told his friends who basically invalidated my experience of being a bisexual woman at that time i identified as bisexual being a bisexual woman because i never dated or experienced being with a woman So when I moved to college, that cis relationship actually ended, and I ended up exploring my sexuality a little bit more, even though it was very wrong of his friends to be like, how does she know she's into women if she hasn't been with one? They kind of had a point, because was I actually into women? So I started another relationship with a female, and it went great, and that basically validated my my sexuality that I am attracted to women as well as men. Um, I never really liked labels. I didn't really like the word bisexual. I still don't really know what I label myself as, so I just call myself queer, but I know some people are very, um, I guess, sensitive about the words that you use as an LGBTQ plus member. So, um, yeah, I just call myself queer. I identify as queer. If people ask, I date men, I date women, I date people, um, but that was really cool to be able to openly, like, go out and be like, hey, this is my girlfriend, for us to be able to hold hands, for us to have other couple friends who were also in relationships with same-sex and that that was when I awakened my sexuality and all I know is that I would not have been able to do that if I was still in the small town that I am in that I was in and I'm very thankful for that to be able to be so open and accepting as well as my family was very accepting of that it definitely came out of right field they didn't know what was going on but they stayed true and they were like we still love you so that was awesome um yeah that was my sexuality experience and now I still don't even know like sometimes it comes up in conversations and people are like wait you like women Or when I'm like yeah like this girl I'm going on a date with and they're like hold up did you just say girl? And it's like, I feel like I have to come out to everyone I know because it's going to come up in a topic sooner or later. And I'd rather sooner, but I don't want to introduce myself and be like, hi, I'm Michaela. I like women. It's, it's, it's weird. So I am still navigating how to introduce people in my life to this part of me without blindsiding them completely. Um, but that's something that a lot of people don't really know how to do um so I guess that's something that comes along with like finding your sexuality and everything people don't go around being like hi I'm I'm straight so it's like why do I have to go around be like hi I'm queer but yeah that that is an experience um but everyone in my life has been okay with it some people are blindsided by it they're like how come I never knew this about you but I feel like I kind of give up a vibe a little bit and some people do know just by like hearing me talk about it I casually bring it up in some conversations like oh yeah that girl's pretty so that when I do introduce them to a woman in my life people won't completely be like why didn't you tell me and it's like yeah um but along with coming to terms with my sexuality and coming to terms with my race college also brought a lot of other stuff that I came to terms with at a very young age I knew that I wanted to have colored hair be covered in tattoos get piercings and everything and you know after the typical after breakup thing you do all those things and that's what I did but I felt better it was so liberating being in control of my skin being in control of how I can decorate myself pretty much um, it's still something that was kind of new to my family, mostly my grandma, who still doesn't know I have tattoos, so that's cool, um, but I had to ask her permission to get my nose pierced, and it's funny because she's not my guardian, and I was 20, but I asked like out of respect for her, I guess, like, hey, Nana, can I get my nose pierced, or like, I don't want to blindside you when I get my nose pierced. I don't want you to think I'm disrespecting you in any way, so I'm going to get my nose pierced type thing, um, yeah, it, I've always wanted to have colored hair, I've always, I was always drawing on myself, I was always getting fake tattoos on vacation, so it did completely shock people in my life that I changed so much when I came to college, but It was something new, like no one in my family has tattoos, Um, no one has their nose pierced, no one really colors their hair like that, so it's, it's like how do I interact with this person who just got Cupid on their ass permanently for no reason at all, like what is logically going through her head? And the answer to that is I literally have no answer. I just had a dream and a random an urge to get Cupid on my ass one day, So I got a tatted on me and it'll be on my butt for the rest of my life. So yeah, but like I stated before, sorry, <laughs> it's very liberating to be able to decorate yourself in the way that you always wanted to since you were a little kid and going back to the aspect of being from a small town, not a lot of people got tattoos and piercings and colored their hair. And if they did, they were like the the infinity sign tattoos, which I'll keep my opinions to myself. But yeah, um, it, it's still kind of weird when I go back home and see how much I've changed from the people who around there um are seeing my high school friends on Facebook like already married or already having kids are just they look the exact same and here's me a 20 fucking something year old graduated from college works a full-time job and just kind of just chills and you you're already starting your whole life and I don't even see myself having kids or getting married till I'm like 30 like I still have my whole 20s to like do something so it's it's like I'm living my true self and don't get me wrong I still don't know exactly who I am and I'm definitely still like exploring like life and what I like and what I don't like sometimes I get tattoos and I don't like them like recently I got finger tattoos and for the first week I was like why 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 did you do this? But now I like them. Um, it's just, I guess, still the stigma behind tattoos that bothers me the most. And the fact that my Nana doesn't know I have them, so I have to wear sweatshirts around her. But I think that just comes from me constantly having to validate myself. And like I did with my race, I have to come to terms with the fact that no one's going to think that I'm perfect and I mean nobody's perfect so I mean obviously no one's gonna think I'm perfect though but I don't have to explain my ass tattoo of Cupid to anyone I don't have to explain my finger tattoos to anyone I don't have to explain anything to anyone and that's what's so great about your life like you don't have to explain why you did the thing you did like you don't I don't have to explain why I went to college and I'm like 40,000 in debt and I work at a warehouse like the logic isn't there but I don't have to explain myself to anyone um and even though I'm saying that I still very much feel the need to have to explain myself to everyone. So it's easier said than done. And I think that's why I'm not one hundred percent completely comfortable within myself. And maybe that's why I'm making this podcast so that I could just talk about it and hopefully share experience with others and enlighten other people to know like, hey it's okay, like no one has it together. But yeah, I I think I'm gonna end the episode here. I just wanted to touch base with the fact that I grew up with racial issues and I grew up with identity issues sexuality issues and just personality issues I guess like I wasn't able to be who I actually wanted to be when I was stuck in Goldsboro but I also didn't realize that I wanted to be somebody else when I was there it wasn't until I left so growing up in a small town sucks um, I'll probably title the podcast Growing Up in a in a Small Town Sucks. Um, maybe I will, maybe I won't, I don't know. But yeah, this. if you have any questions, I'm sorry if this audio was terrible. I'm sorry if you heard my sniffling. I'm sorry if I just went on a tangent. Just plug this in, go on a morning run, just listen to me talk about mindless crap for 13 minutes but yeah thanks for listening guys I'll catch you guys on the next episode 20 fucking something was broadcasted in a live studio audience just kidding um thank you so much for listening if you want to check out my instagram it's at maketa underscore if you want to check out my twitter don't don't check out my twitter I'd be exposing myself too much on there